Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Here this evening, Judges chapter 16, Judges chapter number 16, and verse number 28 starting, Judges 16 and verse 28. The Bible states these words. This is in the book of Judges, the story of the judges that are rising and falling. The Bible says in verse 28, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee. and Strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Amen. For a little while tonight, I want to minister along this subject matter. The biggest victory is when you die. The biggest victory is when you die. And I'm not talking about a physical death. The biggest victory is when you die. Let us go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, I come to you today. I need you, Jesus, God, in this place. God, I pray, Lord, you would touch our minds and hearts. God, we gathered here together for worship. We gathered here together, Lord, to lift up your name, God, in adoration and praise. And I pray, oh, Lord, I want to be attentive tonight, God, to what you make me say and through your word. Help me, God, Jesus, to understand. Let someone's life, God, be ministered to. God, of the 20-some-odd people that we have here tonight, God, let somebody be ministered to. God, let this be of some benefit and some help, God, to those that are here. Well, thank you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you got here tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The biggest victory... The biggest victory is when is when you die. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. The biggest victory is when you die. Is when you die. Samson is quite quite a particular and peculiar, if we will, character in the scripture. He arises on the scene of the judges, and there have been many uh, from this point of time backward that has uh, served before him and as the case of the judges were they would arise on the scene at a moment in time that God have allowed his people to uh, be under oppression or bondage from their enemies and oppressors he would rear up a judge for the purpose of delivering the children of Israel for a period of time only to find themselves once again incarcerated by their enemy and their foe for another judge to arise but 
unlike any other judge seemingly that is listed in scripture uh, Samson was not a man that the Lord just uh, grabbed somewhere in his midlife and said okay you're going to be a judge and a deliverer for the children of Israel but God had a plan for the life of Samson before he was ever born as a matter of fact, Samson's life or his entrance into the earth is one of that of being miraculous. Uh, we understand in scripture that Manoah and his dad and, and his, his wife, Manoah's wife, she was barren and could not give birth unto a child until the spirit of the Lord and the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and spoke unto her concerning her barrenness that he was going to give her a son and she was going to bear a son. And that son, there was uh, some particular details concerning him that he was not to drink strong drink. He was not to have a razor come upon his head. He was going to be one of a Nazarite vow that was going to be dedicated and consecrated unto the Lord. And not only was it Samson that was bound by those particular regulations, but also his mother would be kept by those particular regulations as well. And it seemed like Manoah and his wife uh, took much care to keep their side of the bargain. So the Samson that would to be a deliverer was going to be somebody that was of a miraculous birth and that is a great thing and he was going to be a Nazarite someone that was consecrated and set aside for the purpose and the work of the Lord I believe from his own mother keeping the very same things that he would have to keep keeping from strong drink and and keeping certain vows in order for his Nazarite vow to be intact I believe it goes to show that his parents were good parents they were honorable parents they were parents that wanted to be pleasing unto the Lord insomuch that whenever the angel of the Lord had spoke to Samson's mother and his dad wasn't around and he only gets the story through his wife that whenever the angel of the Lord shows up again Manoah asks is this the angel of the Lord that spoke to you and she says yes and Manoah being the father of Samson of this baby boy that's going to enter their lives that could not even be possible uh, prior to the angel coming to them he even speaks to the angel of the Lord and he says why don't you come and just stay for a little bit and stay here around the house speaking to the angel of the Lord because I want you to teach us I want you to teach us what we must do uh, in order to have this child born in our family what what's required of us what what would you have us do teach us so that we can do this right and do it diligently and so we would see his parents being just that amen Samson became a very great man and and he he ruled and was deliverer if you will for a judge for 20 years among the nation of Israel the Bible tells us that his purpose for being born was to be and start to deliver the children of Israel his purpose was to be a deliverer that was the purpose for Samson and we would see through his life certain glimpses of time that he served that purpose well there were certain places of time that the Philistines would come against them and Samson would arise and he through different odd measures many times it would seem uh, grant victory and bring victory to the Israelites and he was to a certain uh, place and position a man that was a deliverer for the children of 
Israel, what he was born for, what his miraculous birth was for. He killed the Philistines sometimes just because uh, he had a hankering to. Uh, sometimes because things didn't go quite well, he became very angry and mad and he would do things like tell uh, take foxes' tails and tie them together and light them on fire and send them into a field so that it would burn so he would get somebody's attention. Amen. Uh, whenever they killed one of his wives uh, and made him furious, he, in exchange, did something to their harm and to their disadvantage. Amen. Throughout the scripture. And we read of many of the great feats of Samson. He took the gates of the city of Gaza one time, very strong, made of iron, took them away as though it were nothing upon his shoulders. We read how he took the jawbone of a donkey in one instance and he slew 1,000 men just with the jawbone of a donkey. And we think, man, these are some major feats in the life of Samson. The Bible even says in the formative years of Samson in Judges chapter number 14 that as he grew older and he grew up, the Bible says that the Lord blessed Samson. The Lord blessed Samson. The Bible says oft times the spirit of the Lord would move upon Samson. In another place it says at sundry times the spirit of the Lord would move upon Samson. That as Samson dwelt in his camp, at times the spirit of the Lord would come upon him. If we could just put it in layman's modern day terminology, there was times that Samson just felt the presence of the Lord. There was times that uh, that chill bump went down his 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 arm and down his legs and came up his back and made the hair on his neck stand up. There was times he was just blessed of God and times that he would experience and feel the presence of the Lord. I mean, why not? He's been born by a miraculous birth. He's been chosen to be a deliverer. He's trying to do per se what he's trying to do to be the judge of Israel. And so all of these multitude of blessings had come upon his life and if he would look backward over his life he could see no doubt here is a victory another thing that he might deem as a victory uh, for our day he might in our age if we were to look back over our lives we see various victories in our life you know whenever the prognosis is not what it could have been or it's better than what we thought it was going to be or financially he came through whenever it didn't look like it was going to happen and we have all these myriad uh, uh, blessings and victories that God has ordained in our very own lives. Amen. But whenever we read in the closure of Samson's life and we look at the word of God, there's many things that have went awry, many things that have went wrong. Samson has spent his whole life fighting. Someone say fighting. Samson has spent his whole life fighting, granting himself, himself might I say, small victories, little victories, and yet he comes to the end of his life fighting, and the Bible says and speaks to us that he's in such a place, in such a way, that his eyesight has been taken away from him. He's been made to grind at the grinding stone. He is setting in among the people that he would used to destroy, and they are making sport of him. For 20 years, he has served as Israel's deliverer. Amen. He had no greater accomplishment in his life than a thousand 
being slain by the jawbone of a donkey or the gates of the city of Gaza being hoisted on his shoulders or 30 exchanges of garments taken from some people and given to another. That's all of his accomplishments. And it comes to the time that the Bible says he's there being made sport of by the Philistines and he's praying and he's crying out to God, which is of interest for us here because this is the only time or at least the only second time that we see Samson ever opened his mouth and prayed unto the Lord although he enjoyed the blessing of God although he was a deliverer for Israel although the Bible says that the Lord blessed him and kept him and the spirit would move upon him although all these times had taken place in his life this is the first or perhaps second time we ever see him praying unto the Lord and he's praying he's bold now his hair is just starting to grow back a little and he cries out to God says God I pray that you would just give me some strength right here and just let me die with the Philistines and the Bible says he bowed upon that house with all of his might and his pillars were upon his hands were upon each of those pillars and he leaned forward and that house did fall yet the statement that is made is this that the dead which he slew at his death were more than which he slew in his life. Samson had spent his life fighting at will. Many times for his own advantage. Spent his life fighting to find out his greatest victory would never come from a fight, but from a surrender. Had all the different victories maybe that he could say was his, or that was a claim to his name. But the greatest victory that he would ever have over the Philistines. It's an accumulation looking over all the victories he had in his life. All the great feats that he had in his life. Put them all together, add them up, and at the end of the day, they would still come up short. The victory that he had, the moment that he died. I'm here to tell us this morning on a plane, not of the natural, but the supernatural today, that in this life we will have victories. In this life there are times that God has put his spirit upon us and we have felt his spirit and he came through for us whenever we did not expect it. And those are grand and those are great victories and we should applaud them and we should thank God for them. But I'm here to tell you today that there is none of those victories that will amount to anything like whenever our flesh dies out to God and whenever we die the greatest victory in our life will be won not because we fought for it but because we surrendered to it can someone say amen whenever he was alive he was a terror to the Philistines whenever he lived he was a threat to the Philistines but in the moment that he died the moment that he died he did not only become a threat to the Philistines but understand he was stationed in the temple in the house the sporting arena of Dagon the God that they served the God that they pledged all of their attention and authority to he was standing there and so in his 
his personal death. He wasn't all, he wasn't only getting victory over his foe, the Philistines, but there was something being proclaimed, the destruction of the temple of their God. And he did not that, not because he fought, but because he surrendered. He knew right there as he stood there that day, he said, God, just let me die. I'm surrendering. Go on and take my life with their life. And by doing so, he not only got at his accusers, he got at the God of his accusers. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have victories, amen, that come against our opposer whenever we're just fighting. But when we die, our biggest victory is coming. We're shaking the very foundation of hell and the supernatural powers that be. Whenever we die out, our biggest victory is coming. Samson is such a one. He illustrates so very well the life of a person. Look at this. He goes through and he's taking people. He's killing people. Adversaries, Philistines. He illustrates so well the life of a person that has the power to conquer others but cannot conquer himself. Has the power to conquer and overcome others but cannot overcome or conquer some things in his own life. And I might be talking to someone right here, preaching to someone tonight, I don't know, amen, but perhaps you're such an individual that you have no problem going to bat for somebody else. Have no problem, you know, and just whispering that prayer or saying whatever needs to be said whenever somebody else is in need. But you have a hard time just whittling down and finding that spot that is a little off kelter in your own life and taking that to God in prayer. Amen. You got to understand today, Samson, I wonder what would have happened if you decided to pray a little earlier in the 20 years. I wonder what would have taken place if you asked God for that strength a little earlier. I know you had it because of your vow, but if you if you just cried out to God and prayed a little earlier, I wonder what would have happened in your life if instead of fighting, you did a little bit more surrendering unto the Lord. The Bible says that he would begin, begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. The scripture states this in 1 Samuel chapter 7, and it won't be up there tonight. Sorry, I'm a flunky today with the media. Amen. But 1 Samuel chapter number 7 and verse number 9, I want you to see something. This is time later. This is time later after the life of Samson in 1 Samuel 7 and verse 9. What's happening in 1 Samuel chapter 7 is that here is Samuel having to clean up some business that Samson didn't totally take care of. In 1 Samuel 7 and verse number 9, the Bible states these words. Excuse me. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel and the Lord heard him. He's praying. He's sacrificing. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before Israel and the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer saying hitherto hath the Lord helped us now look at it now so the Philistines were subdued and they came no more into the coast of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel Samuel is saying a prayer Samuel 
is offering some burnt offerings. The Philistines approach. He cries out to God. God, God thunders with a great thunder in so much that there is a great battle. There is victory and the Philistines are not coming back into the coast of Israel all the days of Samuel. If I could like this, Samuel accomplished more in one prayer than Samson had in 20 years of fighting. I'd say it like this, in Samuel's uh, place of surrender of prayer and sacrifice, he did more in the 20 years of Samson's fighting. And we know, we attribute to Samson, he's the strong man. Maybe no physical appearance any different, but he is a strong man, the strongest man that we have record of in scripture that ever lived. But I understand and I learned a lesson, amen, from this strong man, Samson, that we all time attribute him as the strong man. That it tells me this, that even the strongest man cannot win his greatest battle until he dies. Hallelujah. It's not a matter of how strong you are or how weak you are. Your greatest battle, it doesn't matter how strong you are, will not be won until you die, until you give up self, until you give up yourself. Amen. The Bible even speaks to us in John 12, 24. We see the same pattern given by the Lord. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. But if it die, it shall bring forth much fruit. So Samson has all the advantages that he could have. He has a miraculous birth. He's received training from godly parents who encourage him to maintain his dedication. Even whenever those first four recorded words that came out of his mouth was, I saw a woman. And she was not of their tribe or of their people. And their mom and dad saying, you might want to look elsewhere. Godly parents. Godly parents. And he says, well, dad, I really like her. In so many words, he basically said this. Well, she looks good. (laughs) Amen. Well, she looks good. He felt the presence of the Lord move upon him. He felt the blessings of God come upon him. And here he is in the closure of his life. It's a time of celebration. For Dagon, they're making now, the people, the Philistines are making great sacrifices to Dagon. You can read in the verses of Judges that they are attributing, listen, they're attributing their victory over Samson to their God, Dagon. The Philistines are attributing their victory over Samson to their God, Dagon. Just for a little side note here tonight, let's consider this. That whenever we fail to be diligently committed to our station in life as a Christian, our failures and our fallings will appear as an overpowering of the devil to the world rather than us surrendering to it. They said, we overcame him because of our God Dagon. Which in reality, they overcame him because he surrendered to them. (laughs) The laying down on the lap of Delilah. Her speaking the words that she said, wanting to know wherein his strength was the question. Wherein does your strength lie? And whenever he finally told all his heart and said that it was in the locks of 
of his hair. Not so much the locks of his hair as it was the vow of keeping his locks long or uncut. Amen. And whenever that was shaven off, what happened was Samson gave up his commitment. Lying in the lap of Delilah, Samson surrendered his commitment to God rather than surrendering himself. And as a result of surrendering his commitment, he lost his strength. Folks, there is a pattern in all of this in Christianhood. Whenever you begin, whenever you begin to give up your commitments to the Lord, and you begin to give up your commitment to the church, and you begin to give up your commitment, amen, to be sold out to God, when you do that, there are other things that will have a domino effect as a result of surrendering your commitments. It won't be long after you give up some of your commitments, you won't have the strength and the tenacity and the power to go forward. It And the origin and the point of it all is whenever you grow lax in your commitments to God. And as a result of growing weak in his commitment and giving up his commitment, amen, as a result, he lost his strength. They came in, they overtook him, they conquered him. And look at the domino effect, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening? He, he has all these great victories he could say he had, but he always lost that number one one of giving up himself and surrendering to God. And so now he's given up his commitment, he has a lack of strength, and the domino effect continues as a result of now no strength they come upon him and because of his loss of strength now he's in a place where they come in and they gouge out his eyes he's not just struck and blind he is the uh, the organs for the purpose of seeing is totally raped from his sockets I like to say it like this. He gave up his commitment. He became weak. His strength was gone. And now his way becomes darkened. I may also say like this. He lost his direction. It's a horrid time to start learning the lesson in life about surrendering yourself after 20 years of being in leadership as a judge. It's a sorry lesson to start learning in life. If he had just understood, if he would have surrendered the right things at the right time, maybe he wouldn't be where he is now. Yet at this stage, his hair's growing back. That would bring about a renewed commitment if he left it untouched. That would, re that would birth a fresh strength inside of him if it was left alone. And here he is between these pillars now. He's praying. God, I wish you had done that earlier, Samson, if you had just prayed. He's praying, God, give me strength. I feel a little bit of hair coming back up on my head. I gave up a commitment, but I feel it coming back. 
I gave up some things, but I'm feeling the rebirth of it right now. And I'm praying, oh God, that you would just give me strength. And, and I'm crying out to you. And so we live. Now, understand this tonight, folks. This is a tragedy of the story. Sometimes we preach the highlights of Samson, and sometimes we preach the valleys of him. But this is horrible to consider that Samson lived his final seconds in his existence upon earth. Listen now. He prayed for strength. His hair was coming back. That strength was coming back in his body. He lived some of the final moments of his life on this earth with a strength, if you will, a desire, a zeal that he could only feel his way through. He was given back his strength, but he was never given back his sight. And so he, listen, he had to live the last moments of his life with his eyes, if you will. His direction was limited to what he could feel. <laughs> he gained the strength of his former self, but now everything's regulated. His direction is regulated through what he can just feel. Because see, it all began at times the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him. I feel that. God would bless him. I feel that. We have a tragedy in apostolic Pentecostal churches that sometimes what we feel will allow to use that as an endorsement that I'm okay, you're okay. No need for a surrendering of self because I felt his presence today. No need of surrendering self because I spoke in tongues Wednesday night Bible study. No, no need for self because I felt something today. And it seemed like God is, is just pulling something together in the life of Samson. If that's the way you want to live life, that's the way I'll allow your life to be lived. You'll have the zeal, the desire, amen, the power to want to do. But you'll only be able to do and go forward in the direction that you can feel your way through. But if you'd ever learned just to surrender yourself in the moment that it would have been your greatest victory that you'd ever had in your life. They touted their God had delivered Samson into their hand. The Bible said that after David had done his faux pas in sinning, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 12, it speaks of after his little faux pas, his mistake, he said, how be it because this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. And the child that is born, thee shall surely die. In other words, because of what, because of what you've done, David, because of what took place, he says, all the enemies of the Lord, you've given them occasion, amen, to speak against our God. And they're going to say that their gods have caused all of this to come about and all of this to happen. Folks, and I'm coming hastening to a close. I, know I put 30 minutes on the clock because I didn't want to hold you too long and have you slipping and sliding home. But the greatest victory, just pause with me for a moment. The greatest victory that has ever been known to humanity was never forged on a battlefield. The greatest victory that was ever known in humanity was not wasn't secured with the latest and greatest most advanced weapons that were in the hands of some soldiers the greatest victory that was ever known was elegantly pictured 
in a surrender at Calvary. I beg to differ. Sometimes people say, well, you know, there was a great war going on at Calvary. Great fight taking place on Calvary. I don't think so. Calvary, Golgotha was not a battlefield. It was a place of surrender. I told my wife this past week, I don't know how we got into the discussion. And this is kind of one of those little soapboxes, things that irk me. We all got them, so here's one of mine. It's whenever t- people, uh, religious people, whoever they are, they start talking about, well, you know, Jesus Christ, and he, he spilt his blood and all that. That kills me. Because whenever you use the word spill, that indicates to me that some accident happened. And the blood that flowed on Calvary wasn't spilt blood. It wasn't accidental what took place there. From my understanding, he willingly gave, surrendered life. The flesh that was dying on that tree was surrendered to be on that tree. And because of the death of that flesh, you know what it brought? The biggest victory that this world has ever known. And so in order for me to emulate that, in order for me to pattern my life after that, my greatest victory, amen, in my life and our life, and you understand with me, will be when we die. When this flesh dies. When it passes away. Because I think sometimes we live below the privilege that we were birthed for. Samson, you were birthed to be a deliverer. And yes, you've had certain elements of victories. But you've not had your greatest victory until, Samson, you die. And I don't want to live below the privilege of what God has ordered this miraculous birth of us into this glorious truth for. But it's not going to be. Sometimes we think about the muscle. Man, we're going to fight the devil in Jesus' name. Sometimes our greatest fights will be if we'll just surrender. Come out with the gloves on. Come out with everything. Get, get your weaponry and get it all. Man, we're going to fight this thing. Man, I got Trevor, every Sunday school, he's just ruined by Sunday school. He's got shields and he's got swords and he plays with them. But you know what he commonly does? And this doesn't break my heart. I mean, if he's going to have a sword and shield, do it. And we're, we're down there in, in Tennessee and he's got his short sword and shield out. He says, Dad, I got my shield of faith and my sword of the Spirit. I'm going to fight the devil in Jesus' name. That's fine. We come out with our swords and there's nothing wrong with the word of God and it is a tool and we need that. But we'll render some of our tools and some of our weapons useless if we haven't first surrendered. If we haven't first surrendered to God. 20 years as a judge. All that occurred in 20 years would not even come close to amount to what was done in the moment that he died. I don't know about you, but I want my battles to be successful. And I don't want to learn the lesson whenever I come to my physical death that this is what should have been done. Now, today, on the cold, frigid night, before I tuck my feet in my bed, I want to spend a little time, if we can, in the closure of this service. Amen. In, in, in the springboard of this new year, maybe some of us done a lot of unnecessary fighting last year when we need to do some more surrendering. I want to start out this new year say God here's Paul McGee here's my flesh here's my desires here's my motives here's my wants here's the things that turn my crank here they are God I surrender them to you it wouldn't be great 
You know, sometimes we're ramping up to the end of the year. Bless God, you know. And you have night watch services and all this stuff. Woo, we're going to just end the year with woo going high. Why don't we start off the year high by a simple surrender? Simple surrender to the Lord. These altars are open if anybody would desire to pray. Amen. Or seek the face of God. Amen. Don't give up your commitments. You'll lose your strength. You lose your strength, you'll lose your way. Hallelujah. Be solid. Amen. Oh, I'll fight then, Brother McGee. That's great. But let your fighting be through your surrender. Your fighting be through your surrender. Would someone say that tonight? Would someone come to an altar tonight and say in the year 2014, I'm going to try practicing a little bit more surrendering. Amen. Than fighting. Amen. And maybe it will advantage me more. Amen. Than my fight if I'll just surrender. Hallelujah. Oh, put me on that cross, God. Help me to take that cross up daily, Lord. Help me to be as the apostle and die daily, God. He'll be my greatest victory. He'll be my largest, my biggest victory. When I do, hallelujah, as he sings tonight, let's be mindful of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.